0: Primary role was to establish the church and as, as Peter made this great confession which sometimes captures our thinking but the real uh, focus here is what God had revealed to Peter about who Jesus was and so the question would come to us today who has the Holy Spirit revealed to us that Jesus Christ is because we're going to respond to Jesus the way that we believe he is, who he is in our lives. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he told Peter, Your name is Peter, and, and that means rock, but here's a rock that I'm going to build my church on. And that rock that he was going to build his church on was what would be revealed to them to establish the doctrines of the church. That would put Jesus Christ as the head of the church. That all things, both in heaven and on earth, would be in submission to Him. And that all things would be brought together in the one man, Jesus Christ. If we believe that, we believe the mission that God gave the apostles. And it was the 12 apostles who were uh, staying in Jerusalem and went out to the mount that Jesus told them to go to at the time that he told them to go. And he said, stay in Jerusalem. And when uh, the spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power and you will become my witnesses. And we jump to Acts 2 where uh, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to preach the first New Testament message. And the result was 3,000 souls were added to that body of believers, and they disappeared. If that were the case, the church would not be where it is today. Because the concept and the purpose that Jesus had established in the apostles was to establish the church and to make disciples. It was very clear in the passage that Marvin shared with us called the Great Commission, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. That means that when we are in Christ, we are under the authority of heaven and earth. And he tells those who have chosen him and who God has called to be his own sons and daughters to uh, make up this entity called the church, he gives them this great commission because the church has been established by the apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the message that is given directly to God by God uh, to the the apostles to share with us and then the, the the mandate to the church is to go and to make disciples. You know it wasn't very long in this uh, story of the beginning of the church that persecution arose and it says in the in the book of Acts that Christians were fleeing Jerusalem because of persecution and as they went they spread the news of the gospel of Jesus Christ first of all only to the Jews but there were those who began to share it with the Hellenists thus the gospel discipling sharing the good news began to expand throughout the world when these people heard the message of Jesus Christ, starting with the plea, what, or brothers, what must we do? Peter said basically, or in essence, you're going to have to change lifestyles. You're going to have to change your life. You're going to have to be anchored in something besides religion. You're going to have to be anchored in relationship And that relationship is going to become the dominant force in your life. All your decisions are going to be made in accordance with that relationship. Jesus put it this way when he was speaking to his disciples. He says, unless you hate your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't want you to get alarmed that we're supposed to hate our family. That's not what he's saying at all. He is the, uh, is the one who supports the structure of family. But he's saying this, unless this relationship that we have between me and you is the most important and influential relationship that you have in your life, you cannot be my disciple because you will be easily moved and swayed and you will drift away from what is most important in your life it comes down to what are we really going to do with the scripture is it necessary for me to become a disciple what is a disciple there are three things by which a disciple can be identified The world will see it plainly. The church will grow and become strong because of it. And the discipling procedure and process will happen because of these three things. In John, and they're all found in the Gospel of John, in John the 8th chapter, the last part of verse 31 through 32, it says, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciple. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How does a disciple deal with the word of God? Is it a shelf book that maybe we grab and bring on Sunday? Maybe it's a sacred book that we look to with awe and inspiration that knowing that someday I may need this book, and I'll look at it. Or maybe I have a couple of spare moments between football games, and I might read a couple of verses. Or maybe I just have a vague notion of what this book says about Jesus Christ, about me, about our relationship If you continue in my word, that goes beyond just reading the word, but it means a lifestyle that is directed by that word that we can learn to follow God. The second point or the second thing that the world can recognize us as disciples is this, and it's found in John the 13th chapter, verse 35. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Dionne Warwick sang about it. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the one thing that there's just too little love. How many bullets, how many cannon shots have we shot at our brothers and sisters in Christ and claimed that we are the body of christ whose father bears the definition of love as his name do we demonstrate love in our lives because love is not just something that we should talk about it's something that becomes who we are and the world will know who we are in our ability to love through all circumstances I don't know about you, but I found challenges in both of these identifying factors of who a disciple is. And the third one is this, my father will be glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. I don't think by bearing fruit he may go out and plant an orchard. I think he's talking about the development and the growth of spiritual attributes in our lives. Lives that are dedicated and totally committed to the one who truly owns them, the one who can truly grant us peace, the one who can truly grant us treasure in heaven in spite of all that we have. We must bear disciples, we must bear fruit. That means that we must invest our lives into each other. It sounds like something intimidating, doesn't it, to be a disciple? But whether you realize it or not, and I want to close with this because we're out of time, but you are already disciplers And it's a frightening thing to understand that when I have failed my children by not living according to Christian principles and standards, I have discipled my children into the ways of the world. Our biggest discipleship program begins in our homes with parents and adults who are willing to make the tough Decisions. who are willing according to the word of God to make right decisions regardless of how uncomfortable or how much we would really like to do something else. We'll never be a good disciple if we are not a good disciple. And we will die if we do not disciple that's God's way of sharing Jesus Christ into us and us sharing it out with others I'm excited that we are entering into the concept of discipleship because it will make a difference in your life as you become a disciple biblically defined, biblically invested and biblically lived. And this church will grow because we will be making biblically defined disciples who can biblically multiply themselves. I want to share that definition with you again. At the end of 33 years, if you make one disciple a day, you would disciple 8,045 people. If you train a disciple to be a discipler, and each one disciples one person per year, you will have discipled, in 33 years, 8,589,924,529. Only God can handle those numbers. But he desperately calls those numbers. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we fall so far short of so many great things, but we ask you now with the power of the spirit of life, of truth that you have placed within us and the everlasting life that you have invested in us, first demonstrated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then demonstrated as we die to ourselves through the sacrament of baptism, And as we weekly, or as often as we do it, we remember you and your death, which is a death to ourselves, so that we might disciple, that we might truly live, that we might know the truth, and that truth sets us free. Father, be with this church as we enter into discipleship, that we might grasp the the importance of it, the eternal consequence of it, and the eternal joy these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.